Well, here we are once again. It is that time of the week. Dr. Andrew Corbett pops into the studio. It's our weekly Wednesday Life Matters discussion. A very good morning to you, Andrew. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Great to be with you again. Now, Andrew, I suppose as a pastor, Christmas isn't really a time <laughs> when you right. turn off, uh, is it really? No, not really. It's it's actually one of those times when things ramp up a bit. We have a lot of activity happening we, of course, had our carol service, our community carol service the other week, attended by a few hundred people the other week. And we've got, obviously, services leading up to Christmas, and we've got a Christmas Day at 9am at our church. So that's a that's a big day, and our kids always look forward to that because they know that they can't open their presents before they've been to church to thank Jesus. So Christmas Day service, 9 o'clock. And then, of course, uh, we, we continue with our normal regime of Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night as well. We've got some big things planned doing uh, digital cocaine uh, the Sunday night after Christmas. That'll be pretty big as well, talking about the impact of digital technology. And I'm sure many young people will be getting uh, digital devices and parents might uh, do well to pay attention to some of the things that are being noted now about digital technology. So we'll be doing that. So we've got lots of things happening. And it's at this time that people often reflect on their their marriage relationship and relationships with family and people that are close to them in particular. And there are there are certain duties that I have there where I will be helping people navigate through some of those difficulties. So Christmas, I do love Christmas. It's a very exciting time of year. It's, of course, happening here in Australia in summer. So there just seems to be a cheerier disposition around when people are pretty relaxed, everything winds down. So that's nice. Uh, dealing with uh, some of life's difficulties, though, uh, I, look, it's it's something that I enjoy doing. I enjoy helping people. This is a part of it, Dave, and I know that you'll be having a, a bit of a break over Christmas too. Oh, yes, of course. And just a reminder, too, that you can uh, listen to this discussion either live on air. You can go online, wayfm.org.au forward slash listen live. And, Andrew, today you're wanting to talk about five tips for balancing your life. Oh, just in time for Christmas. Yeah, Christmas is one of those times when it perhaps highlights uh, in people's lives that their life may be a little bit out of balance. And if, look, I, I, I worked in retail for a long time before I was uh, uh, full-time as a pastor. And Christmas for me in retail, I, I can remember, it was just sheer bedlam. It was hectic. There was long hours and just the hustle and bustle of people. And while sometimes Christmas brings out the, the finest in people, I'm telling you as a retailer, sometimes it, it brings out the other in people. And it... it it can be really difficult for some people around Christmas time to find that balance because it, th- there's a lot of demands on people's times. But throughout the rest of the year, finding balance in your life where there are, you know, just ordinarily the demands of the job, there are, there are things that have to be done. And one of the one of the, the difficulties that many people are finding is how do they find balance? And and I guess when when we're talking about balance, we're talking about how do you balance your work, you know, the commitments that you have to make. How do you balance out the the, the your physical health? Because sometimes we have uh, jobs that actually don't don't lend themselves. To good physical outcomes, you know, uh, sitting is one of the worst things you can do for extended periods of time. And many people today have jobs that almost demand that you sit for hours on end. So finding that that work health balance can be 
can be a bit of a challenge. For some people, they've resolved it by getting up very early in the morning before they go to work and doing an hour at the gym or something like that. Uh, for other people, it's a change of diet. Uh, for other people, they, 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 it seems to be a bit of a trend now to use standing desks. Uh, I'm looking at perhaps getting one of those in my own home as well for, for my new circumstance. And so, so work health balance is, is a challenge for people. But I guess the biggest one would actually be getting your work family life balance right. And this is where you know people need to appreciate there, there actually is a balance to be achieved. It, it, it can be done. I noticed that one of the things that President Barack Obama was criticized for, and I'm sure anyone who takes the office of President of the United States is in for a lot of criticism, but one of the things that he was criticized for very early on in his presidency was that he chose not to work nights. He chose to be at home with his relatively young family at nights, and for that, he copped a lot of criticism. Um, I get that the President of the United States is is probably one of the busiest people on the planet and, you know, was one of the former presidents that had the sign on his desk, the buck stops here, and usually the buck was the big problems. And oftentimes, the, the, the level of difficulty and the nature of the difficulty of the problems and challenges that the President of the United States would have to deal with are extremely intense. I mean, you are literally dealing with thousands of people's lives, if not just their livelihoods. So that that's a pretty big responsibility. And sometimes that responsibility cannot be fulfilled between the hours of nine in the morning to five in the afternoon. So there's often times when people who hold office like that are called upon to work extremely long hours. And anyone who's noted people who take the office of President of the United States or Prime Minister of England or Australia, you only have to take a snapshot of them over a four to eight year period and you see the, the deep set wrinkles, you see that if they physically shrink and their, their hair turns grey. You can see the effect of pressure and stress upon them and very few of them ever get that balance right you know how do you how do you fulfill the responsibilities of this job and be a dad and a husband very few have got it right and, and our own history in australia tells us if we look back over the last few prime ministers with the exception of prime minister howard that most of the the you know most of the people who held office as prime minister their significant relationships were tremendously damaged you know divorce and um, a family strife and breakdown and so on. So this is, you know, none of us perhaps are, are facing that level of pressure and that level of imbalance. But in principle, we all need to find that balance between, you know, doing a good job at work, not not making unnecessary sacrifices at work or for work, and also but not putting our family on the altar of work as a sacrifice either, not not sacrificing our marriage, not sacrificing our relationships with our children. And there are some things that will help us to get good balance in those regards. And I think we can we can reflect on those things and 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 maybe strike that balance. So there's some of the things that I want that I do want to look at getting a, a work health balance, getting a work a family balance. And I guess the other one too is one of the things that 
that I've noticed is that that people who really get their lives out of balance neglect the important things and almost give their entire lives over to the urgent things. And this is going to be one of the things that I'm I'm going to make make note of in some of the points that I want to raise as far as tips. But when you get balance, what you're doing is you're actually putting first things first. You're getting your priorities right. You're able to give your life to the important rather than the urgent. Worse still, for many people, is not that they get distracted by the urgent, but that they get distracted by the unimportant and non-urgent. That's really bad time management. It's really, it's just a really poor way to you know, even get the possibility of getting any balance in your life at all. So one of the things that people need to do is to figure out what, what actually is important, not just important to me, what is foundationally important. And your own physical health is important. Your own spiritual health is important. Your own intellectual health is important. And your social health is important, which includes those significant relationships in your life with your the people that should be closest to you. So there's some of the things we're going to talk about as far as achieving balance in your life. And I guess also we could throw into that mix when when you put all of those things together, it has a tremendous bearing on our mental well-being, our mental health. And so people who feel really under or imbalanced will find themselves mentally under duress as well. So this is what I want to talk about when we come back from this music break. Oh, for sure. We can get off balance uh, sometimes. You feel like you're chasing your tail. I'm looking forward to hearing plenty of these good tips, but right now this is third day. Oh, come, let us adore him. Way FM. FM for your Wednesday. We're talking with Dr. Andrew Corbett as we do every Wednesday morning. And we've only got two sleeps to go till Christmas. If you'd like to listen to our discussion again, maybe share it with someone you know, it'll be available in the WayFM download section a little bit later today. Now, Andrew, your discussion topic today is five tips for balancing your life. I've got my pen and paper here. <laughs> Good. Well, yeah, and, and as you pointed out, this is the time of year when it does feel like we get our lives a little bit out of balance. It can be pretty hectic. Many people have retail jobs and, and the like that just become crazy busy. And this is you know, a time when people realise and they sense that their life's a little bit out of balance. We mentioned some of those areas where it's possible to feel out of balance. Your, you know, your your uh, work life balance, your f- work family balance, your work health balance, and even your mental health. Just just finding that quiet place, that quiet center. In fact, for some people, the the expression "getting balance" is they would refer to that as centering their lives and it's that's not a bad way of looking at it if you can think of being in the middle of the potter's wheel you know there's that potter's wheel if you're right in the middle 
You might be spinning, but you're balanced. If you just take one step out of the center, suddenly you feel like you're about to be thrown off. And some, for some people, that's how they're living their life. They have this sense that, oh gosh, you know, I just like if I just don't know if I'm coming or going. I don't know what's what's really happening here, and and it can be really really frustrating. So this is so for some people, yep, getting balance or centering just just getting back into the middle getting those things right that uh, are in balance in your life and and these are some of the areas that we we want to do it one of the the things that has been a long tradition for christians in particular is what they refer to as a quiet time a daily quiet time and that this is perhaps one of the simplest things you you, you can do just individually is to create a quiet space, a daily quiet space. And that daily quiet space is where you can just stop, you can think, you can reflect, and pray. And Christians will refer to this, and it's a long history, a long tradition, of, of actually calling this a quiet time, having a quiet time. For many Christians, it involves taking their Bible, taking a journal, and reading and for some Christians, they use uh, an acronym called SOAP. SOAP, uh, S, looking at the scriptures. O, writing down what they observe. A, writing down how they could apply what they observe. And then P, writing a prayer, asking God to help them to make that particular application. So that's something that many Christians have been practicing. It's It helps them to center, to get some balance in their life as well. The next important thing that you've got to do is look at distinguishing the urgent from the important and understanding that oftentimes the things that are primary maintenance in your life (laughs) are important and the things that often demand our attention are not only not important, they're they're often urgent, but sometimes they're not even urgent. We just give our time to them without having a clear sense of priority. This is what we're vulnerable to. If you've got a clear sense of priority, you're going to have to toughen up. And the reason you're going to have to toughen up, and every parent knows this, because if parents are subject to the urgency that their children place on them, they will continually be flustered they'll never find that center as long as their children are dictating to them when and where they can you know use their time or or devote their energies so it's really important that that you understand when we're talking about finding balance in your life and centering getting that quiet place coming approaching life from a, a stillness of soul that you're, you're going to have to get tough i'm sorry you're going to have to toughen up a bit here and you're going to have to really fight sometimes and I don't mean aggressively or violently but I mean there'll there'll be things and I'll mention this when we come to the five points that there'll be things that you just have to be resolute about you just nope this I'm I'm going to do this this is this is non-negotiable for me so that's that's really important the other the other thing as we sort of build the foundation for looking at these five tips for for achieving, you know, center or balance in your life, is that when you have a family, because this is one of the aspects that many people struggle with, finding that work 
home life, family life balance. This is one of the primary things you need to understand. When you have a family, there's going to be a price to pay. It's as simple as that. When you have a family, there will be a price to pay. Now, understanding that, when you are looking for balance in your work-life relationship, then you understand it is a matter of getting your priorities straight. So you don't want to be neglectful about your work, but you don't want to be neglectful about your family either. So the idea is that you're not sacrificing either. But here's one of the, the things that's really, really going to help you in both departments is you up your level and volume of communication. And when I say volume of communication, I don't mean you yell. I mean you actually become more communicative. So if you're struggling with things at home, there's there's pressures on you and it's affecting your work life, you, you communicate. You communicate to your managers, your bosses. You, you'll be really surprised at how understanding people can be when you say, hey, you know, I, I'm actually needing a bit of flex time here. I need to spend some time with Joey or, you know, Susie. I, there's just, I, I need to spend some time with my kids. I need to spend time with my wife. I and I just need you to understand why I can't stay back tonight after, you know, and, and just explain it. You up your communication level. But that works the same at home. So at home, you're saying to Joey, Susie, your wife, you're saying, you know, at work at the moment, we've got this huge project. The The, the deadline is looming. We're, we're looking like we're going to miss it. And it's huge because if we don't get this contract, I may not have a job. I, I just need you to understand that just for the next couple of weeks, I've really got to put in. After that, we're all we're all good again. So you up your communication levels with those in your your key relationships. I want to give you a very very simple thing that will help you to do just that. Um, primarily at home, it also works in the workplace. It's something that I do as a pastor of a church. I have a, a growing team of leaders that work with me. One of the things that I do is. I have a lot of meals together with them, and I found that when you're eating, when you have, when you're sharing meals, people are more conducive to communicate better. So, take that principle at home. We all know this that the dinner table can be just a really powerful place for transacting stuff. And I've I've mentioned before just how impressed I am with the folks on the family uh, ad campaign at the moment, which. Uh, is back to the table. And here it is. You want to up your level of communication home, try exactly what that ad is saying. Put your phones away, make it a no phone zone, a no IT, a no technology zone, and have a dinner as a family at the dinner table and make a habit of it. See if you can do it daily. You will be utterly amazed. Such a simple thing, the powerful difference it can make. And as you know, as a as a parent, as a you know, the mum or the dad, instigate the conversation, instigate those things that will provoke discussion, instigate things like you know, if if someone dropped a a million dollars in one hundred dollar bills in a brown paper bag in in the letterbox and it had your name on it, what what are the and you could do five things with it? What are the five things? Hey, that's an interesting dinner table conversation. And you start to provoke dinner com- dinner table conversation like that. You're upping communication level. What are the what are the your three highs, your three lows? What are the things you're thankful for? What are the things you'd like to change? Those things provoke discussion around the dinner table. I want to give you the first 
tip, the first tip for getting balance and centering in your life. I've given you some foundational stuff just before we go to news, and this is it. Take time each day to read. Take time each day to read. My daughter's just finished year 11, and she said to me just this uh, last night, she said, you know, I'm now reading a book, and it's the first book I've read all year that I actually wanted to read that I didn't have to read. And she said, you know, I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying reading for the sake of reading. And what it's doing to her is relaxing her and calming her. It's really interesting. There is something about reading for enjoyment that stills the mind, quiets the soul, and brings brings a bit of balance to your life. Christian tradition is is the reading of scripture, and that, that can really nourish souls, particularly the book of Proverbs each day or the book of Psalms. I would encourage people to do that, and then take a book you actually enjoy and start to read it. That's the first tip. We'll come back with the next four after the nine o'clock news, Dave. Well, we're off to a great start learning the tips of balance in your life. If you want to discover the next four, join us after the nine o'clock news update on the way for you next. Well, the Bureau says fine and sunny today. The next couple of days should be mostly fine. Just the chance of a shower, maybe by Christmas Day. We'll see how we go there. Now, Andrew, we're counting down from five to one with five tips for balancing yeah. your life. Yeah, we are. And I've given some of the foundational things that you do to centre or balance your life, depending on how you want to think of it. Either way, it's a, it's a, it's a great visual picture, being in the centre of the potter's wheel. You might be spinning, but but you're not off center. And if, okay. as long as you're there, you're you're doing okay. And then uh, getting that balance between the, these different areas of your life. I, I gave some of the foundational things you have in place so that you can build these five steps into it, these five tips into it. And we've mentioned, you know, develop that that create that quiet space. You, you're going to find people who are really really busy who seem to get a lot done. They all do this. They they will create space for themselves for some people it's very early in the morning for some people it's late at night they create that space where they know they're not likely to be interrupted as i mentioned part of the tradition of christianity is that christians do this part of their spiritual discipline and they refer to it as their quiet time part of the foundation for getting this right getting balance and centering your life is distinguishing the urgent from the important and make sure that you understand that, that most of life's maintenance takes place in the arena of the important. You have to do what's important. And by doing that, you, you are able to, to prioritize those things that should be in the center of your own life. And then understanding that there is a price to having a family. So when we're talking about getting work-life balance, you're going to have to pay a price. If, you, if, you, if you've got a family, you've got to pay a price. And the price you know, is going to be your you're you're going to be tired, and you're just going to get up and get back out there. You're going to have to you know spend time with your kids, spend time with your wife, your husband, whatever it is. There's a price to pay. You you've got a family, pay the price. Trust me, at the end of the day, it will be worth it. The dividends will be worth it. Mention one of the the simplest ways to develop, uh, particularly home life, when you're when you're feeling a bit imbalanced, is to up your communication level. And to do this, just simply meet around the dinner table, meet at the dinner table and you'll find tremendous dialogue happening there and you're able to communicate your highs, your lows, the challenges you're facing and people can get to hear where your heart's at and what you're going through and it just helps. The first of the five tips that I mentioned for developing this, just this quiet soul, this this center for your life, this 
this balance, this middle place for you to be in is to take time each day to read and to read something you enjoy. And for Christians, that should be their Bible. It should be that you you take your Bible, perhaps you open it the Psalms, perhaps you're opening it the Gospel of Mark or John, and you just read, maybe you just read a chapter, read a chapter of that a day and just and and reflect on it. Many Christians I mentioned use a method called SOAP, uh, developed by Wayne Cordiero, who we, we broadcast here on YFM each Monday night at 8.30. And Wayne Cordiero developed this thing that he teaches called SOAP, which is uh, just take the scripture, S for scripture, read the scripture, then write down what you observe. There's the O in SOAP. Write down what you observe, and then consider, now that you know this, what does this tell you about God? How does this affect your relationship with him? What, In other words, what can you apply from this text? That's the A, apply. And then P, write down the prayer. Write down the prayer asking God to help you with the application. That's called soaping, daily soaping. And just taking that time to be quiet and to reflect on the scripture that you're reading, to see how it can make a difference in your life. And then pray that difference into being through writing it down. Writing your prayers is really, really powerful for your soul. I encourage people to do it. And so the first tip is is just take time every day to read. One of the things I, you know, there's a couple of things I really enjoy reading. I'm, I uh, recently read the Alistair McGrath uh, uh, biography of C.S. Lewis. Fascinating. 448 pages. Uh, available at Kurong. I read it in, in about three days and it was it just did me good. Just did me really good. I'm reading another biography about Lewis at the moment, just a different perspective. And it's just, just good. Just take that time each day and just to read and it helps you. There is something about reading. Even if you don't think yourself a, a good reader, you'll find like anything in life, the more you do it, the better you get. So practice makes perfect. Here's the second tip, and it's similar to the one I've just mentioned. Take take time to reflect each day. Think about highs and lows. Think about what worked, what didn't work. Think about tomorrow. What, you know, if you had this day over again, what would you do different? Think about the next time you face a difficulty. As a pastor, I do this a lot. And I do this a lot because I really want to help people. And sometimes I misdiagnose. I, I, I misunderstand where some people are at. And I reflect on that. I reflect on that, you know, the, the young person coming to me with what appears to be, you know, trouble sleeping or whatever it is. There's something like this, trouble sleeping. And I, and I think their issue is they're having trouble sleeping. And and then as I reflect on it, I realize, hang on, there might be something else going on in their life that's causing them to to not be sleeping so well. And I've discovered that that often if I probe a bit, if I if I just take the time to really listen and maybe go off topic, what appears to be off topic, I can actually discover by simply reflecting what they're saying, I can discover, you know, perhaps there's an, perhaps there's some abuse happening at home. Perhaps there's perhaps there's some bullying happening okay. somewhere. Perhaps there's something going on that's actually at the root of at the heart of this issue rather than just simply not being able to sleep. So by taking time to reflect and and I would encourage people to even journal. 
uh, if you've ever, you know, followed me around for a day, which <laughs> as far as I know, there's not too many people doing that. That's the, there's actually a word for that. It's called stalking. Um, but you would see that I carry around with me, in fact, a, a black book that I've got right here in front of me now, Dave. You'll see I've, this this black book here, and this is well, I, I write stuff down. I write things. I journal. I I put ideas and thoughts and things down, notes to myself, and I, and, and I do, and it helps to still my soul. Sometimes there's so many things whirling through my mind that I just, I, I just, once I write it down, I can put it, I can sort of get it out and put it on paper. I, suddenly it just looks different. And so for me, I find that really, really helps. So number one, we mentioned before, take time each day to read, read something you enjoy, the second thing, similar to it, take time to reflect highs, lows, things that worked, things that didn't work, things that you would do differently, and even journal those things. And here's the, the third one before we go to, to music break. It's, it's a, and, and this is why it was important to establish the priorities that I mentioned before, because it's in the priorities that once you figure this out, you'll be able to do it. And it's, it's this, make time for the ones you love and I in my in my my journal book here I've noted this equation time equals love and I know Dr. Gary Chapman Gary Chapman says there are five love languages and we all have one predominant one and I know he says that not everybody's love language is time and while that might be true it's really not true for most people in other words love is expressed to someone through time quantity time and it's possible to be able to spend time with someone in such a way that they get the message loud and clear that you really care for them and this is this is a really important one make time so let me just take a moment just to explain that just before we come up to a bit of music we when you're busy and when you're feeling off center you need to get back into the middle of that potter's wheel that's that's spinning just just gently enough for you to stand there and enjoy the spin but you'll find that that the urgent things of life will cause you not to make time the language of people who are off center the language of people who are imbalanced the language of people who therefore become disorganized because they feel like they're on the outer edge of the potter's wheel is i didn't get time i didn't have time i don't have time Whereas people who find the center, they use language like this. Yeah, I'll make time for that. Yeah, sure, we can do that. And they make the time for it because they prioritize the important over the urgent. And time with people you say you love, your wife, your husband, your children, your, your mum and dad, your brothers, sisters, those key relationships in your life are the other relationships that you make time for. This is the second tip. We've got a couple more, uh, Dave, after we come back from this music break. Way FM for your Wednesday and of course for King and Country on your radio right now, Fix My Eyes. Fix my eyes, eyes, eyes on you. Oh, 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 oh,
FM, this is Life Matters, and if you'd like to listen to the discussion again, we'll be uploading it to the website a little bit later today. You can download, listen to again, absolutely free and at your leisure. Now, Andrew, we're talking about five tips for balancing yeah. your life. Now, you've got a couple more for us. What are these? Yeah, we have. So we've, we've looked at the foundations for, for getting this right without, you know, building these things without the foundation just kind of won't work. So we've talked about the foundations. You can go back and have a listen to that in our download section. We've mentioned the first one, just take time each day to read and preferably something that you enjoy. It, it just does something to your heart and your mind and your soul. We've also mentioned take time to reflect and, and even journal that. The, the, there's tremendous therapeutic benefit in journaling, in writing, writing out um, you know, highs, lows, what you're going through, what worked today, what didn't work today, what you would do different and talk to yourself through writing really really valuable we've mentioned make time for the ones that you love and the key point there is that time equals love and also that word make Uh, people who are always off center will be people who feel like they never have time they just never have time so when you are getting the center when you're getting your life in balance you begin to realize by by getting your priorities right one of the foundation things that we mentioned you don't wait for time to pop onto your radar. You make time. And so that's that's a really, really valuable part. Here's the point number four. And this is where I said you need to be tough. And this is real. I think it's one of the most difficult things for people who are kind and warm and just, just love people and are very caring. Um, people like that, I admire them greatly. But this is one of the problems that... that people like that are going to have and and that is they they tend to say yes a lot you know can you do this yes can you be here yes can you yes you know and parents can get into this trap too you know kids can put so many demands on parents and i think we're living in probably one of the 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 most um guilty parent phases of human history you know because parents just there's just so many things that are demanding time and attention of parents that <clears throat> it's it's just possible that parents feel that they're not giving enough, they're not doing enough for their kids. So they, they feel guilty. And so whenever they, their children ask, you know, for this or for their time or for whatever, uh, they feel guilty if they say no. Now, some you know, I, I don't want this to be taken as a blank check for those parents who perhaps aren't being as... Um, attentive as they should be to their parenting and their children, but they but but by and large, most parents probably could could afford to say to their kids, "No, I actually can't be at your assembly today to see you introduce the speaker, which will take five seconds." I'm sorry, I, I've actually got to work. I've got things that need doing. You know that meal that you enjoy each night. Guess who cooks it, you know, or guess who prepares it, or guess who does the shopping to put it, you know, there are other things in life. And sometimes you need to learn to say no. And this is the fourth point. For some people, the reason they're off center is because they say yes to the wrong things. And you need to understand there are some things you should say yes to. And maybe there are actually more things you should say yes to because you learn to say no to the things you shouldn't say yes to. So this is a tough one. Learning how to say no so that your life 
can focus on the important rather than the urgent. Or worse still, for many people, their time isn't spent necessarily on the urgent or, you know, uh, tragically, their, their life sometimes is spent on the unurgent, non-urgent. And even worse still, it's spent on the non-urgent and the unimportant. And can I just digress here just for a moment, <laughs> put a couple of things into, the, into this this quadrant uh, of things that are unimportant and unurgent, and they would include things like Facebook. You know what? Facebook does not deserve as much attention as most people give it. <laughs> I know that you know I'm probably going to have both of my Facebook friends unlike me for saying that right now, but I, I have observed so many people who who just cannot draw the distinction between the real world and the world of Facebook. The world of Facebook is not real, folks. It's it's a show. It's, you know, we, we put our best, happiest moments up there. Or, for some people, they put their worst, lowest moments up there. And just life is not made up of that. Life is more like a tapestry. And it's it's very confusing for some people who can't distinguish between the real world and the world of social media. So one of the things you've got to be really really careful of is that that, that with so and this I guess applies particularly to young people, uh, that is anyone under seventy, uh, that if you give yourself too much, just way too much to Facebook, Twitter, social media, and the like, you, you're probably going to set yourself up for imbalance and living your life out of whack, out of center. So learn to say no more often than you currently do. It will it will help you to get what should be important back in the middle, back in the center, and you give your life to that. Sometimes you just got to be tough. Sometimes you got to say no. Even though you've got lots of people demanding your time, demanding your attention, you've got to say no. Uh, one of the things that's happened as the demands upon my own time have grown over the years as you know our own church has grown from a small country church to a significant city church now and as we have uh, other media commitments and things like that I've had to learn to let a lot of people down and to somehow be okay with that I've had to learn to say no probably just as much as I say yes and I've had to learn what to say yes to now, I don't always get it right, but I've learned that by by at least making the attempt, y- your life is going to be better. It's going to be centered a bit more. You're going to find your life a little bit more in balance. You know, there are times when, when you know, to my shame, uh, a few years ago, if my phone rang during dinner time, I would answer it because I felt more you know, people needed me. And now, if I don't turn my phone off, I, I, I try not to bring... Well, I, I do. I try not to bring it to the dinner table. I will leave it in another room and usually on silent during dinner time because I'm trying to walk the talk of what I'm telling you is a great way to get your life back into balance and, and center your life. All right, here's the last one, and it's the big one, number five. And this, this is not a cliche. It's not some trite little throwaway line. For me, this is a is one of the most definitive aspects of my life, and it, and it's simply, I say simply this, but it's rather deep and profound. Ask God for help. It's amazing how many people's lives have been totally turned around, totally changed, because they've taken the prayer dare. 
for some people, their their day started off where they didn't even know if there was a God. They didn't even give God a second thought. And at some point, they were challenged. Well, why don't you find out? And and the finding out simply was a was a, a prayer on the run. God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. For other people, they began to recognize that there's tremendously immense implications for discovering the answer to that question. God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. And for them, they, they've settled the question. Yep, God is real. And now they, they move to a, a whole new level of life. And that new level of life is, God, I need your help. I need you to help me to live life the way it should be lived. And for them, they begin to experience transformation. They begin to experience life. They begin to experience doors being opened people coming into their life, books being put put in their hands. They begin to experience all these things that I would consider to be value-adding life moments, value-adding people, value-adding opportunities. And, and as, when you take it the next step, God, help me to be the person you want me to be. God, help me to be the person you want me to be. And And he begins to take things out of your life. He begins to take people out of your life. He begins to remove some of the distractions from your life and you begin to experience a whole new way of doing life simply from doing this rather simple thing which you can do right now it doesn't matter where you're at it doesn't matter if you feel a million miles from God can I tell you you're just one step away one prayer away and it could be one of those three prayers God if you're real reveal yourself to me it could be that you feel so unworthy so distant from God that he could never forgive you and welcome you and and begin to help you to live then you're one prayer away from being forgiven one prayer right now a simple prayer god please forgive me i need your help come into my life day before i go i i hope people do pray that prayer and i i just wanted to wish everyone a very blessed and Merry Christmas. And Dave, I want to thank you for for, for your contribution. Uh, Dave, wish you a, a very blessed and Merry Christmas, as I do for all our listeners. Thank you so much, Dr. Andrew Corbett. And you have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas yourself. Of course, you can hear Andrew again tomorrow night. That's right, Christmas Eve, 8.30, with Finding Truth Matters. And we'll have the program uploaded to our website soon. You'll be able to download it, listen to it again for free at any time you wish. Yep, we're going to finish things right now with Petra, Beyond Belief, Way FM. Good morning.